hello everybody and welcome to the 13th episode of the Kent Non-League Football Podcast. It's unlucky for some, but hopefully it won't be unlucky for us. Um, it's been another busy week though with some wasted trips north. It's a great win, some frustrating draws and of course the odd defeat for our teams. Um, we've got three interviews coming up for you on today's show. Um, Matt's even got two of them, so he's finally gone out and earned his keep, which is a, a right result. And obviously I'm John Phipps and I'm joined as always by Matt Gerrard. How are you Matt? Feeling good? Not too, yeah, not too bad. Yeah, I'm uh... Yeah, the half term's great for me because the traffic's so much better on my, on my way into work. I can have about an extra 10 minutes in bed if I want, so I think it should be half term all the time. My old boss used to say that the kids should have their lessons in the evenings and let us all just get on with our days, but I don't know how complicated that would be. <laughs> uh, well, if you said to my kids they didn't go to school in the evening, they'd probably have a meltdown there like that. I think, that, I think there'll be a bit of a shock. <laughs> yeah, well, so we're going to start in the Bostick League South, where on Tuesday night I saw a top-of-the-table clash between Sittingbourne and Cray. The game finished 0-0, but unfortunately there's a lot more to this story. Um, it was a decent game. Cray went close on a few occasions. Aaron Rule hit the crossbar early on. Harry Brooks made two really good saves. But the home side had some chances as well. A draw was probably a fair result. Two teams near the top of the table. Sittingbourne went back to second. Cray stayed fifth. But um, the 160 of us at Woodstock Park on Tuesday night saw quite an unsavoury finale. It started deep in stoppage time and Chris Elliott and, Alan, and Aaron Rule cra- clashed. The referee might have handled the first half bout of handbags a little bit better as well. Wave play on. As the ball went away, punches were thrown. Players from both sides then piled in and it was all pretty unsightly stuff. Both Elliott and Rule were then shown straight red cards when it calmed down. And calmed down lasted all the 10 seconds. As they were going off the pitch, those two clashed again and then it really kicked off. I've seen hundreds of football matches in my life as a fan and as a reporter and I can really not remember seeing such a violent scuffle on the pitch. It somehow moved 40 yards across the pitch from one side of the centre circle to the touchline on the far side, right in front of the benches. All the players bar one were involved. All the benches were involved. The, the goalkeeper Brooks, the sitting goalkeeper, was on uh, over near ready to take a free kick where it all kicked off and he was going, it's just sport the game, isn't it? And um, it, it just all went off. The, the referee's got, got quite an extensive report to, to write, I would imagine. He, um, in the end, he just decided, oh, I'm just going to blow the final whistle here. They were all scuffling in a big ball in the middle. And um, it was it was quite something. Um, Matt, I, I, I don't know if you've got much experience with seeing mass brawls on football pitches. Uh, no, I haven't, but it sounds like I've an absolute classic there. I, I was going to ask you which was the one player who wasn't going to get involved at that point of view. <laughs> Motions run high. Was it a dirty game up to that point? It wasn't. Re- it really wasn't that sort of game. There was an incident in the first half where, and if people were following the game with me on Twitter, they will have seen that I mentioned that I thought the uh, number four for Cray was lucky to stay on because there was a bit of a set to, and he came in with a big shove. Um, the ref might have handled that better, but apart from that, it was it was a fairly it was a well contested game, but it it certainly wasn't dirty and. I, I, literally, I, I'd, I'd been sat behind the goal all night and I thought, well, I'll wander around and get myself over to the touch. And I had the best view of it. I was stood next to the linesman virtually. And me and him had a, had a cracking view of it. And, and it was it was just unbelievable. I, I say, I've not I've not seen anything like it. And you'll hear in a moment, I spoke to the sitting more manager, Nick Davis, and he said he's only ever seen it once before in, in his time in football. And it's a shame because it was a good game of football. And those of us who were there... Will have had their evening, or will have had their memories of that game spoiled by you know it, 
it didn't need to go off like that. It was all just a little bit silly, and and neither team can be proud of themselves. But to to say that to to have seen it in the flesh was was quite something. Do, do you expect there be repercussions for both these sides? I take it that the referee will have a big long report. You think that the the Devon Bostick League will get involved with this? I, I would imagine they're gonna something's gonna have to happen because you, you can't behave like that on a football pitch. I mean, you see Premier League players, Premier League clubs getting charged with failing to control their players. Well, rest assured, failing to control those players from what you see on the telly on match of the day compared to what I saw last night is it's on a whole different level. It's like a um com- probably comparing WWE with um, Anthony Joshua against Klitschko. It, the, the the level of actual physical violence in there was was that stark. It, it was, was amazing. It really injured, it? I don't think so. No, I don't think anyone was injured. And and eventually it diffused. And I think credit has to go to both managers really because Tony Russell got his players and kept them in front of his bench. Um, Nick Davis took his players down into the other half of the pitch, and they all sort of let it calm down a bit. And um, the players came off completely separately. There was. There was a few words exchanged between supporters and players as they came off. And, you know, people were just... It, it, it was a little bit unsavoury. And, I mean, uh, it, it was difficult because, obviously, I, I've not met Tony Russell before. And I, they put the floodlights out pretty quickly, so it was pretty dark. So I probably wouldn't have, have got him even if he walked past me. But I did miss him um, while I was speaking to Nick Davis. Um, it was difficult because you don't want to go up to a manager straight after that and say, "Right, I want to, I want to give you, an, I want to interview you," and especially someone that you don't know. Fortunately, um, as it turns out, Nick had a lot of nice things to say about the show. So he's, he's been listening to it and he said to me that he recognises my voice, which is, uh, which is something. And uh, we had a nice chat. And, and obviously, I, after I'd spoken to Nick Davis, I, I couldn't really go in the bar and start rounding up Craig people because there wasn't any niceties going on in the bar. But um, Nick Davis, here he is. You're going to hear him say, you know, he was. He was pleased with the point. He's pleased with how Sittingbourne are doing, but he wasn't best pleased with what had happened in front of us at Woodstock Park. It was. It wasn't a bad game of football, but it's ended in pretty shoddy scenes, hasn't it? Yeah, it's a real shame, really, because I thought it was a very good game of football against, arguably, Cray, probably the best side we've seen this season. Um, and I think we matched them, and I thought they had the, the better of the first half. We probably had the better of the second half. But you're right, it was. Unfortunately, what happened at the end, and um, yeah, I mean, not good from both sides really. But I mean, in 20 years, I've only ever seen that happen to that degree. That's the second time, but it's, it's not good. Um, no. no, we don't want to get into the whys and wherefores and who started it and everything. But both sets of players there have got to look at themselves and think that they've let themselves down a bit. Most definitely, you know. Normally, it comes to sort of handbags and pushing, and you know, you. You step away and people are involved and, and, and that's sort of it, but one of punches flying and, and kicks as well. Was, yeah, it was um, a little surreal. At this level of football doesn't tend to happen too much because you can't with the discipline. I think both, both the clubs are going to be in trouble with a fine, but you know, Tony and that's you know, he's a good friend of mine, you know, and uh, the game wasn't like that at all, I didn't think. Um, and it just happened at that incident near the end. I, I'm not sure. You know, it's not can't condemn where the players acted, but I don't think the referee and linesman helped there helped it either. Was that a sending off at the end for both? I'm not sure. Maybe a yellow card, and and, and that's and that's that. Or if you do send one off, let let that one go in, then send the other one off. It was ridiculous, but can't condemn how the players acted. So no. As a manager, when you've just seen ten of your players involved in something like that, what do you say to them after after the game? Would you just leave them to calm down or and think about it before you react? Exactly. I mean. No. 
it's 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 a tough one really you're trying to drag some of them in and others are, are trying to spin round to get involved because they're angry with what's, what's happened previously but look it's sometimes things happen in their heat at the moment but um, it's not good is it it's not it's not you know a great advert but I thought the, great, the game was fantastic um, I thought it really was and it was a slight contrast of, of formations and, and tactics and um, yeah I, I you know, I was delighted with the performance. Just a shame what happened at the end. Yeah, well, let's look at the more positive things. You know, you, you, you've not lost again. You haven't conceded again. So, and you're still second in the league. And I, I was here in August, and we said, "Oh, we have doing well so far." It's November nearly, and, and you're still there or thereabouts. You've got to be so pleased. Delighted. We've conceded one goal in eight. We've lost one game in 17. You can take away the Dover game, which we lost in penalties, but in 90 minutes, we've lost one in 17. I'm delighted, you know. And um, yeah, we moved up to second. Again, we knew we. I think Cray will be in the top three or four this year, and we've you know we've shown that we can compete with them, um, which is pleasing for me because everyone said, oh, you know, Sittingbourne will fade away, they'll fade away. You, you can see we've got strength in depth. When players were coming off injured, we had others that replaced them. Our goalkeeper wasn't available today. Our right back has not been available. Same with Cray as well, but it just shows you we've got that strength in depth to be able to deal with that. And you know, you obviously you were disappointed when you lost the FA Cup. But was that perhaps a blessing in disguise that you could be able to focus on the league? Maybe, maybe it was, and it was good that we won in the trophy because we need a bit of money for the for the club. Um, but yeah, I mean, we've, we've lost to we've lost to them, we've lost to Faversham out of the twenty one games that we played this year. And if you'd told, if you'd told me that pre season, I would have snapped your hand off of where we were as a club and, and the players that we had to bring in in a certain type. But yeah, I'm absolutely delighted. You know. Uh, Points, good point today against that side. Let me tell you, Chips this Saturday, what a, what a good solid side they were. They are in a false position there. We didn't play very well, but again, we, we nicked a point in the last minute. So we've got a lot of character here at the minute. We're unbeaten at home. Lost one in 17. It's a good place to be. FA trade for this weekend, you know, they say another, another chance to put some more money in, in the tank. You played most of the other week, didn't you, in the, in the League yeah, Cup? Yeah, we beat, we beat them 1 0. It will be a different game. You know, that was a League Cup game. Um, I think I only had one player. Missing from the side they had on the Saturday, we had three or four. They play very similar to Cray, actually. They play a lot of football, very attractive side. Um, they found their scoring boots recently, won 6-2 Saturday and 2-0 away at Margate, so this is going to be a tough game. But I fancy anyone at our level, and even the level above at home on our day, we're a match for anyone. So, look, it's a free game for us. It's a free game. We're expected to lose the game because, obviously, they're a league higher. You know, a couple of years ago, they beat us 6-1 here. You know, and I, I thought they were one of the best sides I've seen at our level for a very long time. And for us to beat them the other week, we've done, we done a job on them and hopefully we can do the same on Saturday. But it's going to be tough. You say here, coming here, is, it is a tough place to come. And, and I suppose that the challenge for you is to make this a fortress because, you know, there are the difficulties of, of where it is and, and the conditions and everything. So you've got to make sure that when your players are used to playing here that you make the most of that every time you're at home. 100%, and this is what I said to them. I drummed it into them all pre-season. I said it to my players last year and year before. Whatever we achieve this year, we have to make this place a fortress. I don't want people to want to come here. It's as simple as that. I want this place, you know, and I think we conceded three goals in eight games here. It is becoming a fortress. Yeah, we've drawn a couple here, but we're unbeaten here. And I take great pride in that, and it's important that whatever we go and do, we've got to make this place a fortress, and so far it's been that. Um, your young man, Lex, has been uh, away with some big boys, and I guess even if nothing comes up for him, what an experience it's been. Fantastic. Um, Crystal Palace were here again tonight. I, you know, I want to play him, but we just we've been so solid that it's very difficult to, to you know to to change it. Um, Norwich City have 
contacted me as well. They want him to go there for three days. So, I mean, yeah, he's, he's attracted a lot of attention and it's great for the club, it's great for him. You know, he's come from Sunday football, you know, Sheppey reserves and he come down to pre-season and he's had the right attitude, he wants to learn, wants to progress. He's got all the attributes, in my opinion. Obviously, he needs to improve in certain areas, but with coaching, with being involved in non-league football, or if he goes on there, then he'll get that and, you know, it's only going to improve him as a player. And just finally, um, we're going to hear from Tony Hub later on in the show, and he says that so far this season, Nick Day was his manager of the season in Ken League football. How does that make you feel? Yeah, I heard that. It was very, uh, yeah, it was very nice of him to say that. Yeah, as I said, um, my my ambitions beginning of the season was can we surpass last year's 62 points? That was that was the aim. You always got to try and better yourself. And obviously, the start and the platform that we've got now. There's no reason why we can't go on and compete for promotion. That's that's the aim, and we're enjoying it. We're you know enjoying being up there and involved. And um, long may it continue. But you know, I'm a, I'm a realist. I, I know non-league football, and I know it can change within a, within a heartbeat. So we just got to take it. Old cliche: every game as it as it comes. And you know, we do our homework on every opposition. We have game plans for them, and it's worked. He spoke very well there. I thought Matt Nick Davis, and and you can you could sense his frustration at what had happened. Yeah, okay. Probably doesn't look good, you know. City Ball have had a fantastic start to the season, and again, unfortunately, we're not talking about them uh, in a good point against the Cray side. They've only lost once all season as well. We're talking about a bit of a rumble that went on from that point of view. But I think he does speak very, very well. I think uh, he's worked, worked his way through non-league football, hasn't he? He's a Ramsgate Mainstone player, so I think he's got a really good future from that point of view. And uh, City Ball, I think he's got a good ground in there as well. You know, he probably does a lot more. At that football club, but he would do if he went to the club before, because you know not much financing from that point of view. Um, uh, there. So I think yeah, he speaks well. I'm, I'm going to keep out, keep an eye out for Nick Davis. I think he's the manager on the up. And, and the second place, you really can't grumble with that at the moment. And they're not conceding goals, and I think important at the weekend. You know that last minute equaliser well, shows a bit of character. But, as you know, a last minute equaliser that feels like a win at the end of the day. Yeah, and I mean, did say to me there. You know, we were talking about various things as you will have heard and you know I was, when I saw him in August I said you've made a great start well it's not a great start now it's a good season so far for Sittingbourne and they're doing they're doing really well and he said what he said there about the young lad Lex Allen who's obviously getting a lot of interest from from clubs higher up the pyramid and he said I want to play him but my team's so settled we're not conceding goals I can't just make changes for the sake of making changes and when you've got what he's got which is a smallish squad to have a to be able to have such a solid backline and good players in reserve as and when he needs them, is he's got to be really pleased. And at Sittingbourne, I think they are serious, serious contenders in this league now. Yeah, absolutely. I, I admire the approach to and from the football club there as well, because it would be very easy for Sittingbourne to, to put Lung Lex out every week, week in, week out, when you've got scouts coming through, because they can see you know the pound note coming out from that point of view. I don't know if they've got him on a contract, if you haven't. Um, I wrote, and he does go. I'm hoping that some of the, the, the bigger clubs that are sniffing around him give Sittingbourne some sort of um, credit and a bit of money for, for bringing him forward. But I admire that because that'd be very easy for him to say, right, make sure in. And that could ruin the young lad. 17 years of old, you know, he's got trials at, at Norwich coming up in three days. He's got a palace at that point of view. So I admire the, the Fox uh, brothers. I've known Sittingbourne for quite a while. A good football people. And, and they, most importantly, they've got Sittingbourne Football Club at heart as well. And, that, and that's important. And I'm sure they've got young Lex in um, position as well. They want taking him at heart. They want the best for him. And maybe not playing him at the moment works in that favour. But fair play to him. We're having a fantastic season.
And 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 so are Cray. To be fair, I mean, they, as you say, they've only yeah. lost once so far. They looked it's a yeah. decent side. They've got some good players there. You know, experienced players. They've got Mitchell Nelson, the former Margate man. They've got the man power up front. That they, they, they look like a, a good side, and, and I think they'll be in and around the playoffs as well. Nine goals conceded in fourteen games. Michael Power, a good player. Power. He must. Every week I keep mentioning him. Good old fashioned centre forward. Cray are a good club. Again, the most important thing for them is that they get that ground sorted as well. But you know, of course, they went up to the um, the Bostic Premier a few years ago, didn't they? Come back down after the good work that was running before there. But they're, they're a good club again, and they've got some good players. And I think some good players have come through Cray as well. So, of course, um, yeah, I think they can do well again this season. Which is, we were disappointed with the uh, Devon Bostic South earlier in the season, but the season that Kent side is slowly moving up that table. Well, you say that. I'm going to run down where everyone else is in a minute. We won't be that confident. There was uh, five other Kent teams. Well, in... than we were, I think, anyway. Yeah, for five other Kent teams in action on Tuesday night. We had Thamesmead winning at Hastings. They were losing until the last minute and scored twice to win 2-1. Phoenix beat Ashford and VCD won at Ramsgate. On Saturday, Ashford also lost at Carl Shorten. Cray had won at Thamesmead. Faversham beat VCD. City Mall were held by Chipstead, as, you, as you've already heard. Hyde drew at Walton Casuals. Phoenix beat Ramsgate 4-0, and it was a wretched result for Herne Bay, who've gone right off the rails. They lost 8-1 at Lewis. Um, all of this leaves Sitbourne second, Cray fifth, Hyde ninth, Phoenix tenth, Thamesmead a twelfth, Herne Bay thirteenth, VCD fourteenth, Ramsgate nineteenth, Favisham twentieth, and Ashford next to bottom in twenty-third, which still isn't a hugely pretty picture. I, I would have expected we'd have had more teams near the top. Yeah, I think Favisham back-to-back wins. They, you know, they did well there. They could have pushed a panic button for, for Ray Turner from that point of view. They haven't done it. They've been rewarded from that. Ramsgate, we've mentioned there before, youngest, youngest sort of side from that point of view. Ashford, if he seems to have off the rail there, particularly away from home, they're really struggling. Um, yeah, again, high, good at home. He's not that my way for. But all in all, again, this league is, this is a bit more organised than the Devon Premier because everybody sort of played the same amount of games. And even that division, it's a little bit crazy. Yeah, but I still think Sittingbourne are going to be up there, as you mentioned. And I've still got a funny feeling that Hyde, if they can go on a bit of a run, particularly away from home, they do score goals. If the defence is not too bad, they can get up there as well. Yeah, and elsewhere on Tuesday night, it's a full programme in the National League, so we'll start at Dover. Um, held by Maiden on Saturday, bounced back to beat Woking 3-1 at Crabble. Brian Bird scored twice as the Whites went back to the top of the table, and after the game, he spoke to Matt. Yeah, alongside me, Dover striker Ryan Bird. Uh, three one win, back to the top of the table, and two goals for you. A good evening for you. Yeah, good evening. Job done. Um, we was a little disappointed after Saturday, you know, conceding in the last kick of the game, and um, we felt it was a two points drop. But tonight, we definitely bounced back and um, got rid of the Tuesday bug. You know, we, we've ever every game we've lost this season has been a Tuesday night or a night game, so we've turned it around tonight and a very good, in fact, win. Two goals for you again. They left you unmarked, and the, the form you at the moment, you're not going to miss those chances. Yeah, I know. Yeah, exactly. Um, to, well, we, we look to exploit their set pieces because they're not very strong at um, defending set pieces. And we scored three goals from set pieces today. You know, a long throw in two corners. So that's what we sort of worked on. That was the plan, and it uh, paid off. You know, how important was it? They got one back, and straight away you went at the other and scored. Yeah, very, very important. I mean, we were, again, we were disappointed in the goal. It's a bit of a uh, sloppy goal. Mitch has made a great save, and uh, um, from and he scored from the rebound, luckily. But um, like you said, yeah, it's very important to score the third goal, get a breathing space, a two-goal lead, two goal, um, lead from them. That puts you joint top goal scorer of the league with nine goals in 17 games, I think it is now. Yeah. Are you feeling good? Uh, yeah, feeling good, feeling fitter every week. Um, enjoying, enjoying my football at the moment, enjoying getting the box and scoring goals, and uh, a long may it continue, hopefully, this season. Top of the league again. You know, it's the third time you've been top, and yeah. previous times you've 
dropped off the next game is it important Gates said it's a long old place to go but yeah. it'll be a tough game yeah it'll definitely be a tough game it's a, it's a weird ground to play you know the, the crowd feels miles away from here it's running, obviously a running track around the, around the, um, around the pitch we know on Saturdays we're on fire oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry about him uh, yeah so like you said it's very important to, get to stay winning <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much, Ryan. No worries. Cheers, mate. Cheers, mate. So, Ryan Bird there, Matt. Um, you, you said to me earlier, is if you added together the distance he scored from, it's not very far, but would you rather be a scorer of great goals or a great scorer of goals? Yeah, I've been pretty critical of him this season, to be honest, because outside the penalty area, he doesn't do a great deal. He doesn't win many flicks on. Flick on. To be fair, he does defend from the front. He pressurises the defenders. The formation is overplayed. It's a lone far for him, and then other players have got to support him. But he is, you put the ball in the six yard box, he is absolutely lethal. The goal against Maidenhead on Saturday, a good cross in, and he always gets there. And these two goals uh, on Tuesday evening, again, flicked on in the penalty area, six yards out, and he, he can't leave it from there. And nine goals um, scored by him is absolutely fantastic. So, you know, Dovrad Miller last year scoring X amount of goals, totally, totally different player. Um, uh, Ryan Bird, but, he, but he's doing a job there. And I was a little bit concerned about David scoring goals this season, but if they put James Alabi in, which is a good signing, I think, particularly at the end of the season, and he comes good and knows what Dover are doing, and if they get Toby Show Silver and Jamie Adams there, Dover have got pace and goals in the side, and they've got Bird as well. Bird, it's a strange one. He's probably not a real fan's favourite, David, just yet, but I think he can be. But he puts the ball in the penalty area. He's a different animal from that point of view. He's a poacher from that point of view. I was trying to think of a striker, you know, in the side of the six yard and one of the guys, Jason Burns, or yes, he's a, he's a bit like Van Nistel, does absolutely nothing outside the penalty area. But when the ball falls to him, he's, he's always in the right place. And there was two good finishes yesterday, aside from some calm finishes. So fair play to him and don't go back to the top of the table. So it's um, interesting times ahead. Interesting career as well, Ryan Berg. So I must admit, when he sent me the interview last night, I thought I must look up this fellow. And obviously, he was in the non-league game for a long time. Then had a, a crack in Portsmouth, uh, Portsmouth. Didn't play a lot there, and, and that came quite late for him. He's floated around the scene a little bit. It was at Newport last year, but he seems to have found a home at Dover that he hasn't had for a while. He lives in Maidenhead as well, so it's quite a bit of a trek from that point of view. I hope he got a lift on Saturday. Well, that was the question we thought about that. Would he get a lift back? Maidenhead from that point of view but he, again he's the sort of the elderly statesman of the side as well he's 29 coming up to 30 and the rest of Dover players are sort of mid uh, mid to early 20s so yeah Cambridge he scored goals in Newport if you speak to their supporters from their great escape last season he didn't score that many goals but he was sort of pivotal because he is a threat in the penalty area you know you put the ball inside the penalty area there's a good chance 9 times out of 10 he's going to get on the end of it so yeah, he was quite yeah, very well received in Newport. I think some of them were disappointed that he didn't stay on. But yeah, from that point of view, David tried to sign him a couple of years ago as well. He nearly came close to it. So Chris Kinnear finally got his man. And all of Chris Kinnear's signings, I think this season, have been absolutely phenomenal. When you think where Dover were. And after 17 games, a third of the season gone, they sit pretty at the top of the table. Eventually, the National League got to start spreading itself out. But maybe there's no reason if Dover stay injury and suspension free they've got a chance absolutely they are very very solid and at the moment they look dangerous in attack as well I was going to say to you someone did say on Twitter earlier 
Um, are they genuine title contenders? And at the moment, with where they've been the last few years, where they are at the moment, you've got to say yes, haven't you? Yeah, I think they've got some key players. If they can avoid injuries and suspensions, the squad's not that deep, I would probably say. Um, he only used one sub yesterday. Lewis will go back to Cambridge, expecting to, and they're missing in a Sammy at the weekend. For me, they've got probably four key players, both fullbacks, in a Sammy and Pasley. Phenomenal work rate between them. Very, very good players. Now, if Foucault's been a phenomenal, just sort of the man mark of a three, we can pick a pass from the back. Again, a very good player. You've got Brundle, the leader in the midfield as well. So you've got a good spine in the side, which is important for that. Walker, who's having a good season. Galifuco, Brundle and Bird. Uh, James Alami, scored 20-odd plus goals for Chester last season. He will come good as well. If they can avoid injuries and suspensions, came them out of the FA Cup, maybe a blessing in disguise if you think about it now, they have got a good chance. Um, it's a tight old division, some tough games coming up uh, as well, but they're still in the... I think the experience over the last couple of seasons could work in their favour as well. Losing to Forest Green in the playoffs, arguably they were the better side. And last season, missing out on the playoffs, gives that little bit of hunger. You can see the fire in Christian Ian's belly. I think he, he's downplaying it, but I think he knows this side on their day is a match for anybody in this league. If they can carry on the form, they've got a chance, there's no doubt about it. Yeah, we'll move on to uh, to Maidstone United. They they won on Tuesday night as well, 2-0 at Halifax. And Saturday must have been a bit of a frustrating one for them when they were beaten by Storm Bryan in their trip to Fylde. They were 2-1 down early in the second half and the ref called it off. Jason Orner said it was the right decision. He said the ball wasn't rolling right. There was a bit of danger. But ultimately, if you're going to have a game called off on a Saturday, you don't want it to be miles away like that, do you? Well, again, this blessing in disguise for that. They're full-time now. Maidstone, so again, if they have to go to Fylde in the middle of February, whatever it'll be, they'll have to go and do it. Again, they were losing to it. Maybe a good time not to play Fylde at the moment because they picked up, picked up their form as well. Again, but they followed it up last night with an excellent win against Halifax. So, yeah, Maidstone again, I think they needed it. Their home form has been a bit patchy, hasn't it? Yeah, I don't think they've won in four games at home, but going to Halifax yesterday. We're looking at the pitch on the telly against the Fylde run again. There seems to be a lot of heavy rain in the northwest on Saturday. And, now, when a, when a pass back, you pass it back to the goalkeeper, it's stuck in the, uh, in the water. It was the right decision. And again, if Maystone were two, went up, maybe it might not be the right decision for Jason Orner's point of view. But that gives him another opportunity. And you maybe look back at the end of the season on that point of view and you, you sort of Maystone maybe picking up a result uh, when they'd lost the 60 minutes into it. They were losing the game, could be the way forward. Yeah, funny enough, you remind me of a, a story when. Uh... When Reading played Watford in the famous ghost ghost goal at Vicarage Road, and they and it finished in a draw, and Steve Coppel very generously said, "Oh yeah, we'll replay that." Well, that's nice of you to replay, offer to replay a game you haven't won. Um, <laughs> moving on to Ebbsfleet, they had a good win on Saturday. Well, they had a win on Saturday against Barrow, who were who were struggling down the foot of the table. But come Tuesday night it was a very different story. They suffered a shock defeat to struggling Torquay. Things are looking all right off the pitch. Their new stand is imminent, um, but that's a really, really poor result for Darren McMars men in a game that they would have expected to win. Um, I've seen something on their website today about people keeping Vade in the pitch, and they're going to, you know, they're worried about getting in trouble at, at, at that. And you know, they've lost Darren McQueen. They've moved to replace him with Febby and Brandy. But losing at home to Torquay, Ebbsfleet will not have been happy with that one, will they? Yeah, no. Again, they've only lost three times all season, but I think that two of them have been their last three games. Of course, they lost to. Um... Macclesfield as well. Yeah. Uh, again, see we 
least be listening to Dalvin Marnie. He said there's no pressure on them this season not to be in the playoffs. Maybe the season as it is and the budget they've got, they probably are. They're only three points off the playoffs, of course. But that'd be disappointing. Torquay, um, they were beat them a couple of weeks ago, and the reports again that Torquay are a bit more solid, a bit more organised. I, I presume actually a little bit concerned about the, their striking problem with McQueen missing uh, out. Kedwell can't really go on forever, even though he's the leading goal scorer. Mills hasn't really worked out for the moment. Bringing in uh, Antonio German and Fabian Randy. Randy uh, scored goals for Walsall, scored goals for Gillingham. Maybe they're a little bit similar, some of these strikers. Um, but McQueen will be miss, will be a miss from that point of view. But, again, after 17 games, 24 points on the board, only three defeats. They'll probably have it, but I think it'd be absolutely if they get decent crowds. I would have thought that they think they should be doing better uh, I think their budget's probably a top seven budget, so maybe they, they're underachieving a little bit, but it's a long way to go. And they've got the big cup game against Doncaster coming up, and, and maybe their eyes are on that a bit because they can make some uh, history. They've probably got a chance against Doncaster because they're not particularly doing too well in League One. No. Um, last but not least, in, in the National League, they probably had a really good win on Saturday. They also beat Woking. Um, but on Tuesday night, they were beating 3 2 at home to Maidenhead. The first half hat trick from Adrian Clifton for the visitors. He scored all three three of his goals in 35 minutes. And I was sat sitting one thinking, well, this is nil-nil. Um, and that's not the best. And looking ahead to the weekend, <coughs> obviously it's it's a reverse. So Bromley, Dover and Ebbsfleet are all away. Ebbsfleet at Sutton, Dover miles away up at Gateshead. I expect that's a plain job. Um, and Bromley are at Boar and Wood while Mason are home to Cheston. And Bromley, they'll want to get a good result before they, their big FA Cup tie, won't they? Yeah, uh, to be fair, Maidenhead on Saturday didn't throw too much of attacking. Threat. I'm surprised they scored three goals, but Clifton came off the bench against Dover and he's a big physical striker. I, I quite liked him. And from the point of view, I thought they were pretty solid defensively. So I, I was quite surprised that Maidenhead managed to break them down pretty early. Okay, they may have their eyes on that FA Cup tie again um, against Rochdale. But they've had a good season, Bromley, as well. I only conceded 20 goals. They had a really good defence up to last night. Um, so Neil Smith will be happy from there. Again, probably one of the sides I thought may be on the outskirts of the playoff, but they're level on points with it at the moment. A little bit disappointing. They'll go again this weekend. Absolutely against Sutton. Sutton will be one of the better sides I've seen this season. Uh, they're in fourth place. A little bit of rivalry between those two clubs as well, because, of course, the promotion a couple of years ago in Sutton pipped end sweet. So that should be a really good game there. But Sutton, I think, could be one of the sides that could go, if, if Dover are going to go into it quite deep, Sutton could do as well. So, big test there for Dalvin Martin then on the um, on the 3G service. That should be a good game then, Sutton against Sutton. Definitely goals in that one, I think. Uh, so that's nil-nil then. Place all your money on Sutton nil, Ebbsfleet United nil. Um, also on Tuesday night, um, Dartford went top of the uh, National League South with a victory down at Bath. And um, although they didn't play Tuesday night, Welling are still going great guns. Another win for them on Saturday. It's great to see both these teams doing well. They're both at home Saturday. Dartford to St Albans, who are one of the teams with level on points with them at the top of the table. Welling United at home to Wealdstone. Now, I'm pretty sure the Wealdstone manager is the fella who walked out on Hungerford at half-time when they lost at Welling earlier in the season. But um, taking all that aside, Welling, are they the real deal, do you think, Matt? Yeah, Joe Healy, five goals in five games. Good player for Dover, good player for Maidstone the last few years. Seems to work out away form. The way form's been good now. It's following it up at home, I think, will be the, the way force from Matt. Um, you know, arguably, you look at the beginning of the season, probably in the early episode, you think, Welling a few places of the relegation zone. That's 
struggling a little bit. But you look at it now, they're only three points on the top. I only played one game more. There's no reason why they can't carry on. They should be beating sides like um, Wheelstone at home if they want to carry it on. And Jamie Cord, another upcoming manager, will be absolutely delighted going into November if they can get three points in that game. Yeah, another thing on Tuesday night we, we've got to talk about. I mean, it's not a competition that either of us particularly like, but the uh, Velocity Trophy, Margate played Corinthian casuals, and you tipped me off about a little bit of a story, Matt, as uh, Margate defender Tom Winter played in goal for the whole 90 minutes. I mean, it ended up 2-2 and Margate lost on penalties. Probably understandable when you've got a defender in goal, but not the first time Tom Winter's donned the gloves. Yeah, he played in goal for Dover in the FA Trophy a couple of years ago. I think Andy Rafferty. Yeah, must be Dover's first season in the National League because Rafferty was sent off and Mitch Walker was injured. And Dover went on to win that game with Tom Winter in goal. So he has had previous before. I presume that Margate Velocity Trophy was meant to, or not a high priority for any of those clubs. The goalkeeper was injured in the warm-up. There wasn't many pitch leagues. I presume Pritchley didn't travel. And Tom Winter is one of these players who's a little bit crazy anyway. I think he probably, as soon as the, the uh, goalkeeper went down, he's probably jumping up and down to go and go. And I think he probably did quite well. Only two conceded. Again, Margate conceded in the 90th minute. Um, I think that's the fourth game on the spin or something in the league. They've done that. It'll be disappointing. And then they lose on penalties. And if you can see some of the videos of the penalties taken in, um, wasn't the best gut keeping from Winter. But Margate would need to get back on the winning track. If they'd hold on for 2 1 with a, with, a, with a goalkeeper who's not a goalkeeper in, could have added to the confidence. But it hasn't really been a great October for, uh, for Margate. And they'll be trying to trophy this weekend trying to end it in a bit of success because it, it promised so much with the FA Cup etc it's just got a little bit stale down there he has yeah I mean we'll move on quickly to the Bostick Premier where obviously you said Margate conceding late goals they conceded one at Harlow on Saturday um, for, for a late draw Tombridge had a stinking result losing to Tooting on Saturday at home 2-1 um, well Folkestone are absolutely flying they're up to seventh in the table had a 5-1 win at Leicester on Saturday, a 1-0 win at Tooting on Tuesday night. They've got games in hand over all but one of the teams above them. And, you know, they seem to have just absolutely hit the ground all of a sudden, Folkestone. And they're a genuine threat to those playoff places. Yeah, Neil Coakley's done an absolutely fantastic job there. Normally, Folkestone do start well in seasons um, and then tail off. But they've got goal scorers like Yusuf and Draycott. Young side, what you like about Neil Coakley, he loses players for age or they don't get high or travelling gets too much on, but he always brings players in. Uh, well, arguably one of the results of the season, uh, five went up at least, and I think they lost once before that point of view. Scoring goals as well, which is good to see. Um, defensively pretty solid. From folks' point of view, they're probably in dream, mate. If they've got into the National League South, that's a fantastic achievement for it. We, we all know who's going to win that division and there'll be some other sides in there. There's no reason why they can't be in and around those players as the season goes on and be the, the surprise team in that division. From a Kent point of view, because I would have thought a lot of pundits, including myself, would have said that Margate and Tunbridge would be the sides in that division and not folks. So, Neil Cugley, why the old fox that he is, what a job he's doing. Indeed. We'll move on to the FA Vars now. And last week, I said seven of our teams would get through. You went eight. Well, that shows what we know, doesn't it? Because they nearly all went through. Only Irith and Belvedere, after a replay, and Rustall actually went out to a team not in the scaffold system. In total, there are 13 teams from the Southern Counties East League through to the next round of the FA Vars. And obviously, we don't cover them all. You've got Crowborough and a couple of clubs up in London 
That's absolutely phenomenal. A special mention to K Sports from Division One, who ran Canterbury City very close. And uh, your your new friends, Matt, saw Bridgeworth Town. Well, they got in touch with us just after we put the show out on Wednesday night last week um, to let us know that they're not too far from Harlow on the Hertfordshire Essex border. And they headed back to the Hertfordshire Essex border after losing to Beckenham on Saturday. So um, they had said you could go to Wembley with them, Matt. But unfortunately, one of your many teams, we'll add them to Truro, um, have had a disappointment there and you'll have to wait a bit for a trip to Wembley with them. But Beckenham and Kent team, they went through at their expense. So yeah, can't argue was, with that too much. It was very kind of them to say, we'll take you to Wembley as well. So we're always going to look out for that. Sort of Beckenham did a job on them, I think. So, again, disappointing for my, my new boys. They're, they're left to concentrate on the league. But as you say, numerous sides through into the Vars. Should start getting a little bit squashed the Vars as well, a little bit more compact. The games come thick, thick and fast, but as you, you said before, we're quite confident at least one of our sides can get at least to the uh, last 16 or maybe the last eight, and then anything can happen from that point of view. But yeah, a, a good weekend, all in all, I think, for our side. Yeah, and we're guaranteed one side through in the next round because Sheppey played Beckenham. Uh, Whitsmore near the town both got home ties as well, as well as, well as uh, Meridian VP, who are the only Scaffold League Division 1 side left in the competition. And every round for a club at that level is a massive bonus, isn't it? <laughs> they will. Absolutely, for the players involved in that, they just they shouldn't really probably get past that stage. Probably the, the round just gone is the, probably the one they not, should have got knocked out on. But confidence goes through. You'll be playing at better grounds, better facilities, and maybe your players rise to the occasion from that point of view. Well, good luck to them in the next round. Okay, the game must be probably come up pretty thick and fast soon. But yeah, fantastic achievement, and we'll keep an eye out for them. And if they, if they get to the next round, we'll definitely get them on the pod. Yeah, November the 11th is, is the uh, is the date for those next climbs, so that'd be pretty good. Um, moving on, you will have heard me when I was talking to Nick Davis earlier on say that we're going to hear from Tony Hudd, and now is the time to hear from Tony Hudd. Tony's a regular fixture on the excellent sports hub on Radio Kent, so he's well-placed to offer his opinion on the game in the county. He uh, drew the short straw on Saturday and was sent to Crabble to cover the game with Matt and spend his afternoon with Matt watching Dover. Um, but Matt grabbed him before the game and had a bit of a conversation with him about how things are going for all of our teams so far. Yes, alongside me, uh, respected Kent journalist Tony Hart. Tony, you know, we've been doing this podcast for 12 weeks or so and we've got a good uh, grasp of Kent non-league football. How do you think strong Kent non-league football is at the current moment? I think it's extremely strong, probably stronger than it's ever been for many, many years uh, with the four clubs in the top flight of non-league football. I think speaks volumes and they're all doing very well indeed. These are early days, I know, but uh, I think there have been one or two surprises along the way because these clubs have done so well uh, you know, in, in that first season and uh, Ebbsfleet in particular. Yeah. At the start of the season, look at the National League level, did you think which of the top four would be doing would be the best one and, and do you think your prediction beginning of August is now in October, November coming true? Yeah um, maybe I've surprised myself I don't know but uh, the clubs have done remarkably well and who's to say that one of those at least one could be in the Football League next season can't rule that out very very excited about that prospect Kent getting a second Football League club Yeah we talk about Maystone United one of those clubs they used to be a Kent um, Football League club uh, many moons ago Infrastructure-wise, they're, they're ready. Are they ready to go? 
Yeah, I think they are. I've been there on a few occasions this season. And as you say, the infrastructure is uh, top-notch. They've got a good board of directors there, got a top manager. I think everything's in place for success at Maidstone United. And I look forward to seeing them going even higher. Whether it happens at the end of the season, I don't know. But I'm sure they're on course for bigger and better things. Absolutely. As well, again... Daryl McMahon, upcoming manager. Again, another club infrastructure-wise, uh, the backing they've got is first class at this level. What do you think? you think they're exceeding how they're doing, or should they be doing a little bit better? No, I mean, maybe if you ask people Ebsfleet, they could be exceeding expectations. But just remember, the new stand is about to open very soon. New dressing room block. The ground is going to look absolutely superb. And they're ready to take the step up as well, because they've got... Uh, the resources to do that and again there's nothing that can stop them moving on up and Peter Varney the vice chairman wants that it's in his sights they've given the manager a five-year contract Darren McMahon virtually unheard of that's the sort of confidence they've got in him to take them further and of course you saw Dover and Bromley in the midweek in the FA Cup with Bromley come on top how do you think those two sides are doing? Yeah, they're doing very well. I mean, uh, on Tuesday, uh, Neil Smith absolutely delighted to be in the hat for the uh, next round of the Cup. And Neil makes no secret of the fact his ambition is to take Bromley into the Football League. Dover, been there, seen it, done it. Did Weren't at their best on Tuesday, but it's back to the league today. Bread and butter, and there's no reason why under Chris Kinnear they can't move on up. Exciting times. Also, you've got Welling and Dartford in the, in the National League South as well. Many people expecting Welling and moving up the table and Dartford will always be around there, won't they? Yeah, I looked at the league table this week and uh, I surprised myself again because I didn't realise Welling were that high. As for Dartford, terrific cup draw, home to Swindon Town. And, you know, I remember uh, a few years ago they lost at home uh, rather surprisingly to Uxbridge and the club was absolutely deflated. They lost a lot of money, no cup prize money. They fought back. Look at them now. All ticket sell out against Swindon and I hope they do really well out of it financially other, other sides in the uh, De- uh, the Bostick League as well Folkestone Tunbridge uh, Angels Margate what do you think about their again, again infrastructure wise they're probably in a better place than they were previously yeah they were I mean the Margate defeat was very very surprising last week and I think the manager was very very disappointed with that but um, I'm sure they'll come again again they've got fresh resources there there's no reason why they can't move on up uh, and again, in the, uh, uh, the, the uh, Bostick South Division, teams like Sittingbourne, for me and John on the uh, podcast, they're probably the team of the year, a young side, and they're doing absolutely fantastic. Normally at the wrong end of the division, second place in a fantastic season. Yeah, I think the manager, Nick Davis, is in, is in line at the moment for manager of the season. I think he's done a phenomenal job there. He works on limited resources, but he gets the best out of those resources. He picks and chooses his players very, very carefully. And uh, I offer that club congratulations because they've surpassed all expectation and who knows where they can go. And the opposites go. Favisham, you know, I'm with Ray Turner. They're normally at the high end of the table. Got a good result in midweek, but they, they've been struggling a little bit, as are the Ramsgates and the uh, Astrids of the world. Yeah, Favisham, um, really surprised there. Um, have made a, a very poor start of the season. Ray Turner wouldn't disagree with that, as you say. A very good win in midweek. They needed that badly, but they've got to build on that and they've got to move on up. And uh, at the moment, they're not they're not fulfilling their ambition, which is to get up the table and may move, maybe move on. Very, very surprised at Fabish. Ramsgate, again, another club bubbling under, doing well. 
bit inconsistent, but uh, the club's back on track and uh, who knows what they could do. But again, they need consistency. Ashford, never know with Ashford. Uh, funny old club. Uh, go back a long way with Ashford. But I hope they can get their act together and move on up the table. We don't want any relegations. Unfortunately, we see what what's happened with Chatham Town. Lovely club. They've gone down. I hope they can move on up as well. Because, um, as I say, a lot of people behind the scenes at Chatham put in a lot of hard work and they deserve better. Yeah, and the Skeffer, we've got the Whitstables and the Chathams and sides like that. Well, we think there's two coming up from that division because they're reorganising the structure. So it's another chance for a couple of more Kent sides who've got into the sort of doldrums of the last few years to get back up into that the, into the higher end of non-league uh, cycles. Yeah, uh, again, come the end of the season, I think it'll be fascinating to see who's where. I wouldn't like to tip it at the moment, but uh, I think it's all down to resources. There's one or two clubs there. Uh, that are up or there or thereabouts could do with additional income, fresh resources, and maybe they can move on up to the next step. Um, Tony Hub there, he knows his stuff, doesn't he? There's nothing that he said there that I'm even contemplating disagreeing with. He's been around for a while, he knows what's going on, and he made some really good points there, I thought. Yeah, Tony, very experienced man from all of Kent football, from Gillingham downwards, really. He loves his non-league football on it. I think you're right. We are in a very, very strong point of view um, of where we're going to go from all levels. Um, interesting. I'm sure that by the end of the season, we're going to be celebrating promotion from that point of view. Uh, and I think he's right that Epsfleet and Maidstone could be sides that are, are on the way up. Previous years, we've always had sides who've had financial problems, um, you know, um, team issues, and things not working out. But this, this season, maybe since Done with Parliament, hopefully, will not be in a uh, death knell on this. That everybody seems a little bit secure, being run the right way, and there's a little bit of optimism in the, in the ranks. I know it's only November, coming up to November, but definitely making up to be a, a great season. And with the FA Cup coming up next week, it could be an even better one for Kenfield. It's only makes some great points from that point of view of what we're, where we're going. So, yeah, interesting times ahead, I think. Yeah, and, and just finally, we'll move on to the FA Trophy, which. Uh... Our Bostic Premier League teams move into this weekend. Um, and Victor are back at Leaston after their win 5-1 last weekend. Margate go to Stange, which is a nasty little tie. And Tunbridge Angels are at home to Haybridge Swifts, um, who obviously are from the Bostic North League, where they made it through to the FA Cup first round. So that can't be taken lightly. Um, elsewhere, Sittingbourne, as we've already heard, play Merstham. It's Cray against Greys, which is quite a nice little uh, rhyming tie that slips off the tongue quite nicely Leatherhead against Hyde and then on Sunday Thamesmead host Brightlingsea Region um, some tough ties there I think Folkestone Tunbridge Cray Sittingbourne are all going to go through there you go yeah I think Tunbridge got a Haybridge Swift they're married by, married by uh, Jodie Brown who's at Welling for eight games or so a couple of seasons ago and um, Louis Fazakley of course was sacked from that point of view he was a very strange character uh, J.D. Brown is very confident in his own abilities but he's, I think he, his confidence was cut when he, when he was sacked and well and gone back in and that's a tough place was a tough tie for, for Tumbridge Tumbridge aren't really very inconsistent at the moment one win then they just lose from that point of view so they need to get the ground running City Bomb we, we, we heard from Nick Davis earlier he's quite confident he can do Merson as well so um, yeah it should be uh, if they do as, half as well as our sides in the bars we should have a Few sides in that, and I think Margate got stained this week, and they've got next week in the league. So, if, if replays come in, Margate can play three times in a week, which is probably not what they want at that point of view. 
No, you mentioned Jodie Brown there. I actually know Jodie a little bit because I've covered, obviously, I used to cover Hayward Swifts and he's been in and around there. And he, he's a very, let me say, he's a pretty intense character. I remember I interviewed him after Haybridge had lost in a playoff semi final to Harlow. And um, every single question I asked him, he went, no, nope, don't agree with you. And I was making fair reasoned points. So, but he's very confident in his abilities. And it'd be interesting for Haybridge how seriously they take that because obviously they've, They've got their FA Cup tie the following week and they've got players there who aren't going to get, want to get injured. They've got a really good striker there, a guy called Luke Callender, who's been banging goals in for years at that level and a couple of years above. But are there, all these players going to play there? I, I don't know. That's why I think Tunbridge will, will probably breeze through that one. But Angels themselves aren't in great form, so who knows? But anyway, that's uh, just about it. I've just been summoned. My tea's nearly ready, so uh, I'm going to have to scoot down and, and, and have that in a minute. Um, any games for you this weekend, Matt? No, no, because Dave will go up to Gateshead, so no, I might try and get something midweek if I can. Margate and I have a week on Halloween, or I might have to go trick-or-treating with the kids. But no, I'll be keeping an eye on out for all the stores uh, coming up. And of course, next week is a, is a big week for us. We've got the big FA Cup preview show, so make sure you're listening next week. Yeah, we we have um, next weekend Margate are, next Tuesday night Margate are at home to Met Police, so that would be a, a frightening one. So you can go and do your trick-or-treating down there. And um, There may be some tricks, there may be some treats. Who knows with Margate, the way they've been playing lately. Um, yeah, FA Cup preview show next week. Um, I teased it a couple of weeks ago. It didn't quite come off, but I can tell you that next week we'll be hearing from former Dover, Bromley, Dartford, Maidstone, Gillingham, a couple of other places, uh, forward Adam Birchall, who you will know from uh, scoring loads of goals for Dover. And he did um, have a big part to play in an FA Cup upset seven years ago now. And, and we did talk about that. So you'll be able to hear from him next week. Um, it should be a really good show. Um, then and again, thanks for listening today. And I must say again, um, I'm always amazed that you know this is a new project. We've not been doing it for too long. People are willing to give up their time and talk to us, and I really, really appreciate that. You know, we, we yeah, we we know what we're doing. We're not idiots. We are we are journalists. We've got that background in, in it. But you know, Nick Davis doesn't have to see me in the bar two minutes after. He's just seen all of his players involved in a brawl and and talk to me about it. Um, you know, an eternal credit to all of these people because we really couldn't do the show without you. As much as me and Matt chatting to each other is fun, um, I think we need some different voices in there. Um, thanks again to everyone for listening. Um, Matt, I hope you have a good week next week. And um, just finally, as always, if you want to find us on social media, at Kent Non-League on Facebook and at Kent NL Podcast on Twitter. Um, thanks again so much for listening. Hope you have a good weekend. Hope all of our teams have, a, have some good results as well. And uh, we will speak to you next week. Thanks a lot, Matt. Cheers, all the best. See you later.